Do you have a happy place? <laughs> I remember that in the midst of the, um, of the pandemic in the early stages, we did something fun. I don't know if you remember this, if you joined us on Zoom one Sunday, we had some recordings of our young people who took us to their happy place. I remember one of our kids talked about it and showed us where they took out of the back of their house, out across the back of their yard, out into a little wooded area and found a place up in a tree. Do you guys remember that? Their happy place was up in a tree. Do you have a happy place, a special place that you go? In visiting just this last week with Tom at Cardinal Hill, he had found this happy place there at the rehabilitation space. I mean, he had a roommate, so imagine a hospital room is essentially what those are, and then half of it is what you're in. He had to find some space that was his. And so he had found a place, he said, back in the corner, it was like a break room, and he had kind of, he would get up when it was time, you know, he had some, some time during the day, and would wheel himself with his book and his puzzles to this happy space. And he could go there and could focus, could just be in a place of peace and comfort. Do you have a happy place that you go? This term, happy, is continually used throughout the text today. The actual translation, the actual Hebrew word is asher. And it's translated as happy. It's a blessedness that is a place of peace and comfort. And so it talks all about this happy place that the, the people of God are going. The text, this psalm, is a song. And it is one in which people would sing First off, actually going to the temple. Think road trip. Do you guys ever make playlists for road trips? Like if you're going to the beach or you're going someplace for maybe even the day, you, you work on your road trip. Thank goodness I usually have folks in the car that I can hand the phone over to and they can make up the road trip as we go. But you got to have your music that you have, the tunes that go. Maybe you're a 60s guy and you got to have a certain kind of vibe going. Maybe you need to have the singer-songwriters blasting. Or maybe, maybe you need something hard to keep you awake and the, the metal just has to blast to keep you awake. But back then they had, they had playlists as well that they would sing as they went. And so as God's people made their way to Jerusalem, they would sing songs. And this was one of them that they believed that they sang on their way to Jerusalem. That they were excited to go to their happy place, which was the temple. They recognized that God was present in all places. They knew that God was not just held back by time and space. That God could exist in their homes. God could ex exist with them when they were at work. And God could exist in that space of the temple. But there was just something special about that place. 
For many people, they talk about pond being a happy place, that special place that they can go where they can kind of sit and be and feel God's presence in a powerful way. Some people talk about maybe their gardens in their backyard. Some people may talk about a place that they like to hike, maybe at the Pinnacles, where you get up high and you can kind of look out. Maybe it's a place in the gorge, or maybe it's the beach when you can put your feet in the water, and that's a space of holiness, of sacredness, of Asher. But they would sing this hymn, this psalm of going up to be with God. But as you know with most road trips, as you know with most journeys in life, they're not always perfect. And the text I really appreciate today reflects that. Because in the middle of it, it talks about this idea of in the midst of this journey, as they are making their way up to Jerusalem, that they come to the Valley of Baca. Now, it's also translated as the the Valley of Balsam. And so people wondered, is it an oasis along the way? Because they can't find this place on a map. There is no such realistic place in between um, outside of Jerusalem that people might stop on the way. It's more of a place in our lives that always exists. A place where we have to stop. If you, if you use the term Baca, it's not a physical place, but more of a place of grief and pain. And we all know that within life, within life's journeys, there are times in which we experience hardship, where life gets difficult, where we just don't feel like we can go on another step, that we're either driven to our knees or we just have to find a spot to sit down for a bit, where we have to take a deep breath, we have to take a a drink of water to refresh ourselves. Those are moments that just exist. We all go through them. Some of us may be even going through them right now in life. Whatever the case, we always know that within journeys of life, we will have those times of a valley. What's interesting about those valleys is that it is a chance for us to pause, to be refreshed, to grieve, to hurt, and to evaluate. And the reality is God is still in those places. And while they may not be happy, they are places where fertile things happen. I mentioned that this text goes back a long way. It goes back to the people of Israel. And it actually, it was written by a group of people, the Koreans, And they were in charge of the worship of the church back in the Hebrew times. This group 
can trace their roots back to a person by the name of Korah who was present when the Israelite people left Egypt. Now you remember, this is the story that we kind of have in our mind where God's people were in Egypt, they were enslaved, and they made it out. And they made their way through the Reed Sea, and they found themselves in this beautiful place called the wilderness for 40 years. Some say they were lost. Others say they should have asked for directions. But whatever it was, for 40 years, they wandered around in the wilderness. They dealt with everything from scarcity of food, scarcity of water, scarcity of hope. And they argued, they, they fought, they had to make their way through this space, and it was not easy. Moses was the one who was supposedly leading them through this space. And what's fascinating about this, and I know this is, you're going to find this hard to believe, but people got upset with the leader when they found themselves in this space. And they started blaming Moses as to why they were in this place. And so... Korah was one of the most vocal ones. And so one day, he decided he'd had enough. Enough of this wandering through the desert. He he realized that Moses and his brother didn't have any idea where they were going, what they were doing, and said, we are going to stand up to you. We want new leadership. (laughs) And so they came out of their tents, and 250 men joined with Korah, and stood in front of their tents and would not move. The story within the Bible tells us that at that point, the ground opened up and swallowed the 250 people. I just want you all to hear that. Okay? I think this was definitely added at some point by a minister or someone who was leading the church. So next time you guys don't want to do what I do, just be aware. The ground may open up and swallow you up. But this was interesting because these then became the descendants that found their way back to the church to lead worship and to be the gatekeepers, the doorkeepers of the tabernacle and the temple. Doesn't that sometimes happen? When we find ourselves in a space in life that is that is not a place of joy, but is maybe a, pay, a place of darkness, of pain, of, of grief... And it's in that spot where we pause for a minute that we find direction, that we find a calling, that we find inside of us what what is part of who we are. We find that asher down deep inside, that place that brings us peace, that brings us joy, that brings us hope. And we say, how can I get out of this place of grief and pain and make my way out? Well, it's through helping others. Because you can see a gatekeeper as someone who stands at the door and keeps people out. 
Or you can see a gatekeeper as the person that stands at the door and welcomes everyone in and makes sure that everyone knows that they have a place. So when the people speak today and they say, better is one day in the house of the Lord than a thousand intents of wickedness, these descendants of Korah know what they speak about. When they talk about the power of these Asher places in our lives and how they can be fruitful, how they can be a place that we find our own way of sharing God's light, shining God's, um, shining God's witness into this world and welcoming all people into a place of happiness and joy and peace, a place where they find belonging, a place where they are able to find their own calling. They know what they speak about. So this morning, I invite you to find your own place of Asher. That place that encourages you, that nurtures you, that challenges you, and that brings you closer to the Almighty so that you might know what is inside of you and what can change the world. Let us go up to the house of the Lord. Let us bring our spirits, our lives, and may we find our place of Asher. Amen. Thank you for listening to the White Oak Pond Christian Church Podcast. We hope that it's been a blessing to you this day. White Oak Pond seeks to be a place where we accept one person at a time to Christ's never-ending and forgiving love. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you can receive sermons each and every week. And also rate us. It really helps. Thank you again. And may you know joy in powerful ways this week.